I scream, you scream, we all scream for quality science fiction and fantasy content. For an extra scoop of sword and lasery goodness, go to patreon.com slash sword and laser. everyone welcome to the sword and laser i'm veronica belmont and i'm tom Merritt. sword and laser is a book club but it's so much more we bring you author interviews news from the world of science fiction and fantasy and of course awesome discussions from fans just like you uh it's been a, it's been a minute uh since we were together because been a minute since we <laughs> not in a minute podcast. Oh. <laughs> but it's been a minute uh because i was off so thank you for allowing me to delay the uh, big announcement of the winner of the tournament, uh, Travis Baldry, Legends and Lattes. Uh, it was close. In fact, I was pretty sure it was going to go the other way at one point, um, but it did not. Uh, and so that's what we're reading. And uh, I have to say I've dipped in already and I'm enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk yes. a little more about it in a bit. Yes, I um yeah, we were we were definitely feeling as though there was a a chance we were going to have to step in and do the old tiebreaker. Oh, in the semifinal, right? Yeah, in the yeah. semifinals. Mm-hmm. In the semifinals, I think we would have picked wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, not not wrong, but what I do think you mean wrong? I th- like the tiebreaker we agreed on is not the book that ended up winning once the votes got restored. So I, I think it's fair to say because they can see who won the semifinal. Yeah, yeah. Oh sure, sure. I just I just didn't want to get it wrong because I'm going from memory. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either which one we even picked. <laughs> yeah, did we pick Children of Time? No, no, that was the final. Children of Time was the final. Semifinal was Annalie Newitz. And I against thought it was Children Adrian Tchaikovsky. Yeah, I think yeah. it was against Children of Time. And we were gonna we were gonna go with Annalie and Children mm-hmm. of Time won- ended up winning. I am listening to that 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 was a funny one because I had already that was Children of Time was the audiobook that I had already purchased. And then I actually went and also purchased uh Terraformers uh, by Annalie uh-huh. Newitz. So now I'm listening to Terraformers, um, which is interesting so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, still cool. haven't gotten around the Children of Time yet, but I have started um, Legends, Legends and, and Lattes. Lattes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, well, let's uh, talk about what we are nomming on. Uh, we we are uh, back to classic. What are we drinking on Veronica's side? What do you What are you? Yes. What, you're only you're only drinking your dinner. I had I did have dinner. We had <laughs> bibimbap. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And, um, and now I'm drinking, I had a friend come stay this weekend with us and they brought a nice bottle of wine. Um, so it's a 2018 Rainmaker Malbec Syrah. And I believe that it is from, um, it's from BC. No, it's not from BC. It's old. Oh, you mean British <laughs> oh my <Columbia>. God. <laughs> I already said it was from 2018. <laughs> um, it is, but I, I get from 2018 um, BC. <laughs> it's super old. <laughs> wow. Um, it's from Canada. I can't remember whether it's from, if it's from Ontario or if it's from BC, but it's from, mm-hmm. it's from the, one of the provinces. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, it's from I, here. I did not drink anything of, of note, uh, but I did have some udon for dinner. Nice. Today. Yeah. Very little, cool. Little classic udon. It was delicious. All right. Well, let us know if you're in the chat room live with us. Let us know what you've been nomming on. But in the meantime, let's jump into the quick burns. 
Jan pointed out that Goodreads has posted their biggest new fantasy and sci-fi books for spring, uh, from Witch King by Martha Wells to Lords of Uncreation by Adrian Tchaikovsky. The list, uh, that's all Jan wrote. I was just going to start ad-libbing. The list is impressive <laughs> and wonderful. Uh, but we really don't need to go there. Fondalee's Untethered Sky mm-hmm. is on mm-hmm. here. That's coming as well. Very excited about that. Uh, yeah, everyone's stoked on Witch King by Martha Wells. I'm getting all the all the mm-hmm. PR emails about that particular one. New Brandon um, Sanderson in the offing. Tress of the Emerald Very cool. Spine. Yeah, some authors I'm not familiar with, um, and a lot of authors that I'm very familiar with. So mm-hmm. good mix of good mix of the old and new. Definitely seeing. I'm feel like I'm seeing another like book artistry trend happening. Yeah, and I'm yeah, and I wonder what people are calling this trend. I don't. I'm not sure how to describe the it. Sort of just a, like yet. flat cutout look. Is that what you're? Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't know what that's yeah. called either. Yeah. I dig it. It's kind of like I feel like you see Ooh, a lot I of like that. It. Um. Oh. And oh, translation that's cool. state. Yeah. Neat. Jan also says Jan Jan went big on quick burns yeah, well this, done, this week. So expect a lot of Janisms. Um Jan says the annual Lambda Awards finalists have been announced. The Lambda Literary Foundation has announced finalists for the 35th annual Lambda Literary Awards, also known as the Lammies, celebrating the best lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender books. Nominated as the best LGBTQ plus speculative fiction are The Book Eaters by Sunyu Dean. The Paradox Hotel by Rob Hart, The Wicked and the Willing by Leon Yutan, and Into the Riverlands by Nevo, and The Circus Infinite by Khan Wong. These are this is great. It's, it, what I love about these awards, and th- this one is a great example of it, is uh, you often get uh, a list of very good books that are not in the mainstream, right? Like, that's not so true of Hugo's and Nebula's, but a lot of these other awards, you know, have a certain niche or a certain perspective uh, that that brings to the fore uh, a lot of other books. For example, the Imagine Awards. Uh, this Ooh. is given out by the Imaginarium Convention, which will be held in Louisville, Kentucky on July 14th. Uh, the nominees for Best Science Fiction Novel is Rimworld, Diplomatic Immunity by J.L. Curtis, Omitted Pieces by Stephanie Hansen, Sunrise Over Shippo by Melissa Oldhoff, and Consequences by Nick Steverson. And the Best Fantasy Novel, Imagine Awards. I'm saying it that way because it's I-M-A-D. <laughs> I got uh, it. Sovereign Fourth by Saf Dodd, The Raven and the Crow, The Grey Throne by Michael K. Falciani, The Fate of the Realm by Rosemarie Machario, and Killer of Giants by Stephen L. Shrewsbury. Very, very cool. Trike says that uh, Octavia's Bookshelf, Pasadena's first and only Black-owned bookstore, was inspired by the speculative fiction writer Octavia E. Butler, who spent her life and career in the city. Oh, that's so amazing. I mean, first of all, opening a new bookstore right now at all is impressive. Uh, Mm -hmm. Opening a Black-owned bookstore in Pasadena celebrating Octavia Butler just makes it extra uh, impressive. I think that's fantastic. I'm going to have to pop over there and take a look. Yeah, congratulations to Nikki High, who is the the owner uh, of the bookshop. Sounds like she's been very, <laughs> you know, it's a lot. It's a lot yeah. of work to open any kind of store, <laughs> especially, yeah, a bookstore in this day and age. So, uh, but, you know, I actually think that's what makes it really powerful. Um, aside from being able to give a space and to give voice to uh, a marginalized community within the SFF community, but also to... Um, I forgot what the second part of what I was going to say was. 
to open a Maybe bookstore. Maybe just at all. opening a bookstore. Period. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess that could yeah. be it. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. It, like any kind of small business is. Oh, oh, I remember. Yeah, actually, like sometimes niche stores do better mm-hmm. um, because they cater to a specific audience. Right. Like Borderlands, for example. Even though they did, they did have hard times during the pandemic. Like I think ultimately because they were a very niche store that catered to a very specific audience as SFF, you know, that, yeah. that did very well. And, and hopefully that same kind of thing will, will work um, in this case also. Um, so fingers crossed, I would love to visit if I'm anywhere in the area. Um, that's amazing. Next time you I come have, down, let's go. It's been ages since I've been to Pasadena, but yeah, that would be, that would be amazing. You know, someday you could retire there. You'd be a little old lady from Pasadena. Hey, uh, thank you, Trike, for not making that joke in your post. And also for this next post, John Scalzi has revealed the cover for a new sci-fi book called Starter Villain about someone who inherits, I think it was their grandfather's uh, or their grandparents' v- <laughs> villainy business. Your uncles, your mysterious Un- uncle. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Inheriting your mysterious uncle's supervillain business is more complicated than you might imagine. How many how many books do you think Scalzi is into his like thirteen book deal at this point? Ooh, good question. Over half, right? You think? Uh, doesn't it seem like it? I would. I don't or know. Close to anyway. Was that? I, I don't thought Kaiju was kind of like the so. first one. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. Anyway, we should ask him. Here and us, also, John. why does he eat terrible burritos? <laughs> I'm stuck There's on no that. No bad burrito. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> well, I'm not a super right. taster. So. Okay. Jan says the Pulp Magazine Archive at archive.org lets you read thousands of digitized issues of classic sci-fi, fantasy, and detective stories you can explore at your own peril, Jan says. The archive includes issues of pulp magazines like Amazing Stories magazine, Asimov Science Fiction magazine, Astounding Stories magazine, New World Science Fiction magazine, and of course, many others. You can learn more at openculture.com. Ah, fantastic. Uh, That actually is a great example of why the Internet Archive is awesome because they do work of preservation of digital things. Often those digital things are scanned in physical things uh, or or maybe not always scanned in, but, you know, uh, things that have roots in physical things. And Mark pointed out uh, that they are fighting a fight right now against the big four publishers, uh, Hachette. Uh, filed the lawsuit, but the three of the other big four uh, have joined the lawsuit uh, and the Internet Archive lost its first fight to scan and lend ebooks like a library. A federal judge ruled against the Internet Archive in Hachette versus Internet Archive brought by the four publishers deciding that the website does not have the right to scan books and lend them out like a library. Now, that that is what Mark wrote. Uh, another point to add to this is it is specifically about the uh, emergency internet library that they started during lockdowns in 2020. Uh, they used the principle of controlled digital lending with one exception, and the exception is what's getting them in trouble. Controlled digital lending is the principle that you scan a book, make an electronic copy of it, and then you lend out the electronic copy uh only to as many people as you have copies of the physical book. So if I have five copies of the Sword and Laser Anthology, 
I can scan it in and I can lend out five electronic copies, but right. no more. Right. Uh, that's controlled digital lending. What the Internet Archive did is during the emergency, during the lockdowns, they said there's no wait list. So they still loan them out on a limited basis. They said you can only borrow it for two weeks. You don't get to keep it. But they were not limiting the number of copies that could be loaned out at once. So even though they only had, let's say, one copy of a book, three people could access it. Those three people could only keep the, the digital copy for two weeks, but they could access it at once. That but 100,000 people could have it out could, at the same could time. Could theoretically have it out. Whereas yeah. the principle of controlled digital lending usually says, no, only one person can have that out at a time because you only have one copy of the physical book. Right. That's that's getting lost in a lot of this rhetoric because a lot of people, including me, love the Internet Archive and want them to win, you know, fair use cases. Uh, and I'm, I'm no exception to that. But this is a little bit different. They were pushing for a broader interpretation of fair use uh, in this. And I'm just cheering for them. But I'm not really surprised that they lost. Uh, the that's judge good context. Says this was not a fair yeah. use. Yeah. That's, that's really good context, I think. There is a a tendency of uh, the the internet literate to be very you know pro internet archive yeah and pro kind of just kind of like how dare the publishers yeah, ah! yeah and I'm I'm no you know I'm no saint in that regard too I have a tendency for like those kinds of knee jerk reactions in these cases but at the same time yeah that that's it's it it makes sense like unfortunately that's probably a, yeah. a big stretch. There's a legal principle that the Internet Archive is pushing for here that I'm glad they're pushing for. They're pushing for a more liberal fair use uh, to say like, hey, if if I've made a copy and I'm limiting the access with the two weeks, isn't that a fair use? The, and the judge didn't. Well, they didn't convince the judge, sadly. Weren't buying it. Weren't yeah. buying it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for everyone who submitted stories for our quick burns. Now it is time to jump into Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Our first post comes from Calvi, who says, um, over on Discord, someone mentioned utopia and dystopia, and it reminded me I wanted to post an article I read yesterday. I learned a new word, protopia. Ooh, I like this. Intuitively, mm -hmm, I probably knew the theme, but never had a word to apply to it. It really isn't a sci-fi article, but we use utopia and dystopia so much in our genre, I thought it might be interesting to some folks. It is gifted, so you should be able to get over paywall. Lastly, to stay on theme... I did say Cozytopia when I read it because it loosely made me think of cozy mysteries. Good things happen, but someone always dies. Because <laughs> it's a mystery. I also read this yeah. article. Yeah, I read this article a while back. Um, it's part of the uh, the Bright Side collection, and it's by Joshua uh, Needleman. Um, and it's a series of how optimism works in our minds and, and affects the world around us. And so it, it actually um, kicks off with a uh, an interview uh, with Kevin Kelly, um, who I think both Tom and I know professionally through the the world of technology. Yeah, he, yeah. Um, yeah he's he's the co-founder of Wired um, and just a well-known futurist in our industry. Um, and so <laughs> he coined that term, uh, Protopia. And so the uh, the concept, which I actually initially first read about in his book, um, What Technology Wants, 
um, according to this article, refers to a society that rather than solving all of its problems as in a utopia or falling into dire dysfunction as in a dystopia, makes incremental progress over a long period of time, thanks to the ways in which technological advancement is enhancing the natural evolutionary process. Yeah. Uh, someone in our thread, uh, I've, I've lost my screen for a second. So give me a, a second to ask, to put the, the connection here, but Rick, Rick says, this sounds like history. <laughs> Isn't this what we do? Uh, kind of. And, and, and yes, I agree, Rick, it does just sound like history, but I think that's kind of the point is we tend to think that you know, uh, humanity is a mess and, has, and is all, you know, is, is, is in decline or whatever. Uh, but in general, we have proceeded as a protopia throughout most of our history. In fact, it's only in the last couple of centuries that the progress has maybe not been incremental, that it's, it's started to speed up. Um, and, and it's a, it's a good reminder, I think, to have a word like that. I like it. Yeah. So check out the, check out the article, um, as, as Calvi mentioned, it's uh, free to read. It's a gifted article. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, a great, just a you know, an exercise in thinking about things a little bit differently and hopefully a little more um, positively, perhaps. Hmm. All right, go ahead. You're up. I'm up with noms for sword and laser food and drink from trike. Uh, since what are we nomming is the new hotness or coldness in the case of gazpacho, mm. it has mm-hmm. triggered some coincidences for me. First up, this website linked from a news article that is otherwise not science fiction and fantasy related was odd middle earth recipes. And then yesterday, Amazon informed me they had various gaming books on sale, but featured heavily among them are numerous cookbooks based on different franchises. I didn't even know this was a thing. Some are strange. Adventure time? I kind of don't want to know what's in the Walking (laughs) Dead cookbook. Page 12, The Neighbors. Uh, The discounts are great, but it's definitely a niche I was not aware of. And so he links to a bunch of these. There's a Halo one, Princess Bride cookbook, Marvel's Eat the Universe. Jurassic (laughs) Park? Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, And there's some drink recipes too. Godzilla versus Kong drink recipe book, the unofficial Star Wars inspired cocktail book. Uh, and booze for kids, the unofficial Hogwarts cocktail book, spellbinding spritzes, fantastic old fashions, magical margaritas, and more enchanting recipes. This is so funny. <laughs> this is, I love this. So some of these make sense to me, like the World of Warcraft, new flavors of Azeroth official cookbook <laughs> kind of wa- makes sense to me because there's a lot of food and cooking yeah, in yeah. World of Warcraft, you know, but like other ones, like, um, Ghostbusters. Yeah. My Pokemon cookbook. cookbook. I'm sorry. Are you cooking Pokemon? You cooking like, Pokemon? what is like what other recipes would be inspired by Pokemon? Like, that's effed up, man. That's yeah, dark. Like, don't I don't know if that's really happening. Don't quote Pikachu. me on that. Pikachu. Pikachu. I stew you with an, a, a Pikachu with a nice demi glaze. <laughs> Actually, it's, you know, sounds lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't Little mashed Pikachu. potatoes. Don't eat Pikachu. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying I'm the just title saying. of our show. I'm just saying. I'm just asking questions I'm just here. Asking questions. My favorite. It's that my makes, favorite thing. That infuriates my husband so much because he like yeah because it's so politically charged yeah. and it just like it just like he he gets so easily trolled by it. It's like my favorite I don't thing know to do. Why it entertains me so much? It's my favorite thing though. <laughs> um, 
All right. Uh, should we get to the books of the month? Uh, we're at the end of the month, so we're going to wrap up uh, our last thoughts on Underfortunate Stars. But before we do that, before we get spoilery, because we will be getting spoilery on that, um, the winner of the tournament, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. Uh, I apologize for not having made the book briefing yet uh, because I was out. But then John Nevitz pointed out in our chat during the live uh, like good voters, we all did our research on all the books before participating, right? So a book briefing mm-hmm, should mm-hmm. be unnecessary, right? Feels a little bit like a cop out. I mean, a little bit. I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> it totally is. I will do a book briefing. I will. I will not not do a book briefing. But we tried to get Chat GPT or or. We did. Chatty P, Chatty, Chatty P, as Elizabeth, Chatty G, as Elizabeth called it, um, to to write us a book briefing, but it's too recent, and so the the AI did not recognize yeah, it like, as a, as a thing. I, like, I don't know that, that one. Yeah, that book. I don't know her. But uh, Legends and Lattes, uh, j- just to give the the brief introduction, uh, is about an orc uh, who leaves behind her warrior days. Uh, and settles down to start a coffee shop in a place where most people have never heard of coffee uh, and gets a succubus uh, as an employee. Um, it's it's cozy. It's a cozy mystery. And it's cozy. It's, it's so lovely. They talk about coffee a lot, which I appreciate. Oh, that's the best part of it. All the coffee talk. Yeah. yeah it's delicious. Mm-hmm. If you don't like mm-hmm. coffee, you're not going to like that part as much, but it's still a good story. Um Jan says, if you're interested in more books like March Madness Winter, Legends and Lattes, Book Riot has 10 cozy fantasy books like Legends and Lattes. That's the title of the article. Covers books from Can't Spell Treason Without Tea by Rebecca Thorne. Uh, Several books about tea shops. That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly Lemming is on there as well. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes too. Yeah, I got actually I posted a, a thread in Goodreads about like other cozy picks. And um so that was fun. I so I got some great recommendations and I didn't know about this this book riot post. So I'm gonna check this one out too, because a lot of them are actually pretty, pretty fast reads, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm I'm trying to open up the one that I actually ended up reading. It was um it was pretty good. It was the a very secret society of irregular witches. So thank you to Joanna for uh, recommending it to me. Um, it was cute. So I'll, I'll I'll give a little book briefing about that in the future. Um, but it was definitely definitely cozy core for sure. Yeah. There's there's a there there's a couple of tea things, but there's also another uh, coffee coffee milk and spider milk. By Coyote J.M. Edwards. So, you know, whatever your What's whatever spider your milk. I don't want to know. No, I actually that do want to sound, know. Kind of that doesn't know. sound very cozy. <laughs> All right. Well, should we uh, should we jump into our final thoughts on Under Fortunate Stars, a book that I read approximately sixty four years ago? Uh, I remember when I read Under Fortunate <laughs> Stars by Ren Hutchings. That's that modern progressive homage to classic space opera stories. <laughs> About the Jonah. Oh, right. The, the Jonah. Jonah. Yes. That's right. Right. And the Galleon. Right. The Galleon was 152 years in the future of the Jonah. Um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you do I wa- remember the book, I right? D- I want to be honest. 
and say uh-huh. that I didn't really remember what the book was about until I looked at the bookshop.org description. Oh my then, God. I then just it all now came flooding back. I just now thought of the worst title for this episode. And oh, I'm no. I'm hesitant to even oh, no. say it out loud because I don't under forgettable stars. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, that's that's harsher than we mean, I think. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I liked it. I liked the book. That's I actually did like it. That's why I, did, I was having I a, such it. a hard yeah. time phrasing what I wanted to say, because I'm like, I enjoyed the book. I have nothing bad to say about this book. Um, but I did want to be honest that I'm like, and yet it didn't apparently didn't stick with me. Um, I liked the concept. Uh, I I thought it was fairly predictable in what I, you know, it kind of met my expectations, put it that way. I, predictable mm-hmm. can be very, very negative, but I I, I meant like, like oh, I, I bet it's going to be something like this. And it went there, not in a way where I'm like, oh, this is so boring or anything, but, but it was, it was almost cozy itself. Uh, it was totally cozy. Yeah. It was totally cozy yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that sentiment. Um, there were definitely, I also, I thought it was funny before the show. I was like, Someone had sounds, someone had said something in one of the threads about really liking Lysengronsky's name. Yeah, Lysengronsky. I like his name too. And I was like, oh, it is a good name. I wonder if it is from anything. Like, you know, sometimes names like that are a reference. Like, that's right. a pretty intense name to just like make up. Whip out of the hat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, oh, I wonder if it's based on anything. So I Googled Lysengronsky and the first hit was Gizmodo, like talking about this book coming out. Mm-hmm. And the second hit was like a wikia, like a fandom thing. And I was like, oh, I bet this has lots of good info about like this, <laughs> about like the characters and the story. And I click on it. It was our own wikipedia. It was the sword laser it was our own wikia. <laughs> ah, so that was very funny. I was it's like, coming from inside the community. SEO. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good job. People who keep up the wiki. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. As always. Should we read Calvi's thread? Uh, uh, it's a long post. Um, so I don't know if we need to read the whole thing. Um, and it has, it, I mean, it does have a lot of spoilers in it. I read his review and I liked it. Um, but it is, like I said, a, a bit of a, it's it's not a short review. Um, but I think there were a lot of, it, it, it feels like a lot of people in the Goodreads at least, which, you know, always a a, a vocal minority i would say broadly speaking like thought it was fine found it a little bit what's the word i'm coming up with a a little probably like what you said like you could kind of guess what was going to happen next predictable yeah um people found it to be like very star trekian especially Mm -hmm. with like the rift and like the time time jumping and whatnot um but overall people were like yeah it was fine yeah, I feel like good. that's 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 where people are at. Yeah, yeah, it, it was fine. Um, yeah, I'll be honest. I I, th- I think I said this last time, but it, it's a book where when it was time for me to read, I was not displeased to read it, but I didn't think about it much outside of the times when I read. Yeah. Whereas Legends and Lattes, I'm like kind of wanting to pick it up right now. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not getting that from Legends and Lattes yet. Oh, I, and I'm a little, I, yeah. That's interesting. I okay. wonder why. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, obviously I'm going to stick with it. Um, but I really liked some of the characters. Like I liked Jareth quite a bit. Like mm-hmm. I thought he was a pretty good character. That's I actually, true. The characters are very interesting. Yeah. It's one of those character driven novels for sure. Yeah. Um, I found uh, his 
story with his brother, like I was like really upset by like how his brother died. And like, I was like, oh my God, like that would really impact you. Like impact you, not impact you. It's not a dual problem. (laughs) Literally (laughs) Um, impact you. Oh, too soon. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, that's funny. That's one of those I was ones. making, I was just making a poop joke. I wasn't making a train death joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you were, I just wanted to make sure people knew that you didn't mean to be making it. Making a train joke. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for clarifying yeah. and making it so much, <laughs> so much more worse. horrible. <laughs> so I much remember worse. where I was when that part of the story was playing on the audiobook. That that is mm-hmm. how impactful that scene. That scene is very I can't stop saying impactful now. <laughs> that scene is very affecting. Uh yes. Because I was I was cleaning my closet. Oh. I believe I was driving back from the US border. You were fleeing? <laughs> I was no, I was I was fleeing the United Yes, I was fleeing the United <laughs> States see. into Canada. Yeah. To pick up my mail. <laughs> <laughs> at the post office in Blaine. Ah, okay. Gotcha. 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 Uh, that's funny. Wow. That's a long drive to get your mail. It's not my mail mail. It's like, if I want to get something, yeah. if I want to get something from America that is going to be difficult to ship into Canada. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I threw my pen. Um, <laughs> if I like, like target, for example, target yeah. doesn't exist in Canada. So it's, you can't really get stuff shipped from Target. Hmm. And so I send it to my, if I really need something from Target, this is going way rather This is interesting here. to me though. I'm like, oh, that's. A, is it? All right. Yeah. Cause I have a number of, I have three PO boxes now. Wow. Yeah. So I have my PO box in San Francisco. Ah, okay. I have uh-huh. my PO box in Washington and my house does not receive mail. So you have to have a PO box for that too. So I have to have a PO box in town. Uh-huh. I can get UPS and FedEx, DHL to the house, but the post office doesn't deliver here. So I have to get my mail mail sent there, which is real fun Mm. when you don't know if someone ships via Canada Post or via a delivery service. Yeah. Like if someone's trying to do something nice for you. Because Canada Post gets pissed (laughs) if you try to send, if if they get like shipments from like FedEx to the post Mm -hmm. office, they get pissed. Weird. And they literally yell at me. They yell at me. That's not if nice. I don't do it right. That's very no. un-Canadian. And so when I get stuff from from Target, I get it sent to Blaine. Mm-hmm. And as What's long as it's under two hundred dollars, if you have the one in San Francisco, one is for like taxes and stuff like that, like California stuff. You like, couldn't have that sent to Washington. Like mail that I still get, like forwarded mail. I guess I could. There's okay. some reason. Okay. There's some yeah. reason we yeah. have we have it there. Sure there it's is. not difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. to have because um, every they scan you can scan everything. Tom Mahomey says Canadians yell. No, actually, specifically, it's all the British employees ah, of Canada Post who now, emigrated there here. There you go. There they you go. yell at that me. That makes more sense. Very okay. specific. It's the Brits that, that work it. at Canada Post. I all don't right. know why this is a thing. Well, okay. that is our discussion of Underfortunate Stars. <laughs> by no, okay. But seriously, like I thought some of the points that people made in the thread actually really resonated to me with, which were like, why did the Farron not think that humans were intelligent? Like they were a space, were a space faring clearly have like, Oh yeah. Like, that a high level me. of technology. Like I thought that was weird. I was like, well, <laughs> 
they didn't even think like we had communication or like knew how to talk and we were like flying spaceships not, around and in a war said, with them for not, generations. That's not what it said. Yes, it it did. said they, they didn't thought we were dum dums. They didn't think we were intelligent. Their definition, they, this is when you got to think like an alien. Uh, their definition of intelligence was above like, well, any any animal could could create a spaceship. That doesn't make you intelligent. It's it's when we look at other we look at animals and like oh well any any animal could could stick a stick in in a log and get get worms out but that doesn't make them intelligent. Well, I'm sorry. Any animal if animal could res- were flying around if if like freaking orangutans or it's, it's squirrels. All, you're only or saying bees. that because you're human. I think the aliens are like what makes intelligence is a is thinking and communicating the way we communicating and having mostly having telepathy. These these that's why they didn't think we were intelligent. We didn't have a telepathy. They're like, well, how smart could they be? Like, oh, sure, these animals can do a few tricks and fly a spaceship, but they can't have telepathy. They're not smart. I totally right, everyone, got that. You totally in the chat that. room is like are really proving me wrong right now. So I get all right, fine, 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 fine. all right. When you think I'm some kind of non-intelligent human or something? <laughs> no, I just I that that I I understand your question and everybody else's question, but that was one where I immediately clicked to like, oh yeah, that that's what we do to other animals. The aliens were doing to us, like, oh, they don't have a thing that I have. They don't act the way I do, so they must not be intelligent. I don't know what this voice is. <laughs> it's, the, it's the voice of the human race. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, I was, I what? there was one twist that I found surprising and it was the Sean twist, the twist with her being the teacher Ah, of the student that freaked out that she ended up. That was the one thing that kept me guessing is like, what is the actual makeup of the Jonah going to be? Like they, they, there was, there was nice misdirection about what people's roles would be. And I even like guessed right at one point and then changed my mind about Jareth uh, and then changed it back before we finally did get confirmation of his role. Uh, but that, that was kind of fun. And Sean, Sean played a part in that misdirection. I think. Tomahome says that morning light mountain thinks that we're all dumb. So. Oh, morning light mountain. What a jerk. Yeah. Morning light mountain. Good old Morning Light Mountain coming back to haunt us yeah. once again. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was an interesting twist. Yeah, the the final makeup and like it was another point that I think Calvi made and that others in the thread made was you know just how interesting it was about how history gets so much wrong and how like our yes, entire Yes, that was fun. You know, that was like seeing like what was completely fabricated, what was completely misunderstood plainly made up true misinformed etc like all that i thought was was pretty pretty interesting and fun that and the and the opposite side of that of the people who were about to make history sort of like really <laughs> me i'm not going to make history how would i make history like mm-hmm. like sort of downplaying their own their own role because they haven't done it yet right right uh, and just showing that that great people in history often don't consider themselves to be great. It's just the circumstance that makes it. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're doing what they need to do or what yeah. they, yeah. So like we're doing right now, making history. Life comes at you fast. Life comes at you fast. So are we going to name this podcast uh, Pikachu 
or Pika stew. Don't eat Pikachu. Or are we going to name it like, um, Oh, don't eat Pika stew is not bad. Don't eat Pika stew or just Pika stew. Or, or what, what was the one stamps and someone said stamps and letters. Cause they, (laughs) they came in lasers. Yeah. That's the joke. Yeah. 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 We'll figure it out. Protopia protopian. Well, you listening, most of you already know <laughs> already what we decided. Know. You already so know what we came up with. It's like with. a little time travel. It's like we're the Jonah and you're like, oh, your place in history is already assured. We know. Yeah. All right. Well, this is that's about our episode today. Um, Indeed. We'll be back really again in feel, a week. Yeah. It, it felt like it felt so long since we had an episode and now it's going to feel so short mm-hmm. and it's going to be hard to find stuff to talk about because we didn't have enough time to like digest. Oh, oh you and I. We'll never have a problem finding stuff to talk about. That's true. Well, That's you'll true. have more male stories. Maybe a crow or two will come back. In oh, your I life. have crow. I have crow updates. There you um, go. Save them for next crow. week. <laughs> save them. Save them for the podcast. All right. <laughs> save them for the crowcast. The All right. Thank you to everyone who is listening to this show. As always, we are entirely funded by your patrons. Thank you so much to all the folks who back us. If you want to learn more, head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email feedback at Sword and Laser. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Sword and Laser and always on our Goodreads, goodreads.com slash Sword and Laser and find links to our Discord and all the other stuff that we talk about here on this show at swordandlaser.com. All right, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Pikachu! <laughs> no. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.